Hey, Fedheads. Welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat. I'm your host, Trip. Uh, we're broadcast live around the world on Facebook, uh, on, rebroadcast on the Armed Forces Radio Network, available as a podcast, or on the, the old YouTubes, uh, if that's still how you consume your media. Um, as I've been mentioning for the past couple weeks, we are going to be uploading episodes on Mondays and Tuesdays from now on to podcast and uh, YouTube. So if that's how you watch, uh, look for new episodes at the beginning of the week, um, following when the show is. So this episode should be up uh, sometime around Tuesday if I get to it before I leave town. Um, I'm here with my co-host Jason, as always. Jason, how you doing tonight, brother? Doing good. And then we've got our special guests of the evening joining us up from Providencia Cigars. Uh, we have Ray and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. We're doing awesome. Um, and a lot of our viewers like myself, probably haven't heard of Providencia. You guys are a, a fairly new, pretty small company that's, um, you know, still making its way into people's minds. Oh, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us, uh, let's start off with the cigars before we get into the story, because um, as I talked about, as I teased a little bit in our, our posts, um, you've got a very, very interesting backstory, Jim, uh, that we're definitely going to get into. But first, I want to talk about the cigars. Um, so give us just a quick overview of the cigars, and we'll come back to talk about the details a little bit later. Awesome. Well, I'm going to let uh, my partner, Ray, um, talk a little bit. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about the backstory. But, Ray, why don't you uh, field that question? Well, I can start with – I'll start with 2016, which is when we, we came to market in June of 2016 here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, primarily in Fort Worth. Um, Jim had come back from Honduras after being there for 15 years, and I uh, had known him prior uh, to 2016, uh, but we hadn't really spent a lot of time together. When he came back to the States and shared with me what he was doing in Honduras, that he had a couple of blends that he was very interested in bringing to market and had the company all set up, but did not have enough tobacco at the time um, to... Um, to come to market. So we talked a little bit about it and I asked, well, you know, what kind of financing would that take? And he told me, and um, actually this was about, this was back in 2012. We started having this conversation, but it was because that's when we started to grow the tobacco. We started to grow the tobacco in Honduras, in the Trojes Valley of Trent, Norris in 2012. And tobacco was ready in 2016. So that's when we, um, we came to market with two, the two blends, uh, the El Santo, which is a um, Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Honduran Nicaraguan mix. Uh, most of the tobacco, most of the filler in, in that blend is uh, off of our plantation in Honduras, and the rest is uh, Nicaraguan. And then the El Padre, which um, is this cigar here. This is a Connecticut wrapper, Nicaraguan grown. Oh, oh is this which one? Oh, I thought that, I'm sorry, my bad. This is the El Santo. The El Padre is a Nicaraguan uh, wrapper. And also has uh, primarily our our filler uh, with Nicaraguan filler as well with the with the Nicaraguan binder. So we came to market in 2016. We started just you know slowly visiting shops together. We had a good summer. I think that summer we opened maybe eight accounts. And then Jim went back to school as a school teacher. And then I was kind of left on my own to try to see what what I could do um, with with having a full time job. And um, since then, I think we're in about 18 to 20 locations at this point. Um, some shops, uh, some uh, humid liquor stores with humidors. Um, it's it's been a it's been a nice it's been a nice slow 
kind of marathon, not a sprint. Um, the cigars have been well-received. They've been reviewed. All of our blends have been reviewed and, and well-received. And we just really lack awareness at this point. So we're really happy to be with you guys and help spread the word. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we grew five acres of tobacco in 2012. And our grower um, sold about a third of that on the open market and rolled uh, close to 30,000 cigars for us, pretty much split between the two blends, the El Santo and the... Um, uh, the El Padre blend and, okay. and, and two, uh, two Vitolas in each blend. So we have, you know, two Toros and two Robusto Gordos, four and a half by 58. So, and the Toros are six by 52. So we came to market with four, four skews or four Vitolas. And we've since added the Trinitas to that, um, which is a Figurado six and a half by 52 that just came to market in January of uh, this year. And that's been very well received. Nice. So uh, for for those watching, we do have uh, we're we're kind of doing the this is the second time we've done it. We're doing a virtual event. Uh, the guys over at the Cigar Federation store are partnering with us to to help promote Providencia. So if you go to store.cigarfederation.com and buy anything from Providencia and use the coupon code Cigar Chat Providencia, you get 20 percent off everything. Everything from them in the store, which is, uh, you know, pretty good deal. So if you're, deal. if you're looking to try their cigars, they're already kind of uh, very affordable. They're they're in the uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They're in like the seven to nine dollar range. Yeah, the 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 El Padre and the El Santo retail about eight dollars in most places, and the uh, the new Figurado, the Trinitas, is around twelve dollars, eleven ninety nine, twelve dollars okay. cigar. Yeah, eight to twelve. Yeah. Um, but you can get 20% off if you go to uh, store.cigarfederation.com. Uh, and we've got James Apollo. He says the Royal Leaf is watching. All right. Royal What's up, Royal watching, Leaf? James. Royal Loyals. <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> you guys must know those guys, huh? We do. The Royal Leaf, Peter and Tiffany, the owners there, um, our very first New Jersey cigar shop. And we just opened up another one. Um, with uh, Greg Nader from Goodfellas, which is a, a cigar lounge that just opened in Summers Point, New Jersey. And um, Jim and I are, are trying to put a trip together. It's coming together very well. Yeah, that will be in New Jersey uh, March 22nd through the 24th or 25th. And we plan on doing an event with uh, the Royal Leaf and Goodfellas down in Summer Point. So we're looking forward to March in Philly, back home. We're both from, we're both, I'm from South Jersey and, and Jim's originally from Northeast Philadelphia. So we're big Eagle fans in <laughs> Dallas, in Dallas of all places. <laughs> it's been a good year for us to be in Dallas. <laughs> good year to be an Eagles fan. Yes, it yeah, is. Right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Royal Leaf. Maybe the best year to be an Eagle fan. Yeah, hopefully for the next few. Yeah. Uh, so, Jim, now I want to talk about your uh, your very interesting journey uh, from uh, missionary to the cigar industry. So tell us about uh, the first time you went to Honduras. Let's start with that. Yeah, very interesting. I got invited to go on a short-term mission trip. I was right out of college, and um, I met a gentleman that did a lot of mission work in Honduras, um, spoke at a lot of churches, did a lot of mission work um, with children and, and, and local churches down there. And he just invited me to go. So I said, hey, I've never been outside of the country other than maybe, you know, Cancun. 
And um, I said, yeah, sounds like a sounds like a blast. He actually invited me to go down and do soccer clinics for street kids on the streets. And um, yeah, so I got my passport ready to go. And a couple days before we were supposed to leave, he backed out. I had my ticket. My I was like, I was ready to go. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going. And I said, what am I supposed to do? I don't I don't speak Spanish. I don't know anybody there. So uh, he gave me some contacts and he said, I don't know, just just pray about it. If you want to go by yourself, great. If not, you know, you can back out. And I said, hey, what the hell? I'm going. And uh, yeah, it it was it was it was wild. I showed up. The airport was chaos. Uh, I, I didn't even know the people that were picking me up, you know, you know, and we didn't have cell phones and very little internet back then. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. So the only two Americans in the crowd outside of the airport picked me up, ended up recognizing them and uh, they were great. Um, and that was my introduction into Honduras. Um, I spent the summer there, uh, did a lot of, a lot of soccer camps for street children. Um, did a lot of camps, uh, a lot of ministry on the streets and absolutely fell in love with the country. Uh, while I was there, I uh, got invited to try out for the local pro soccer team there. And, it, you know, when I say pro soccer, it was just a division two soccer team, but it was still, it was still professional. Um, and they said, Hey, we, we'd really love you to, to try out for the team. And I did and made it. And they said, look, we'd, we'd love you to come back to the country and play on our team and, and be a part of what we're doing. And I said, you know what? I don't have any ties in the United States thought about it as a resume builder and yeah, I'm going to learn the language. So I decided to come back to the United States, sell everything I had and took a year of my life and, and went back down to Honduras to give it a shot. And, um, one year turned into 15 years. It, it's, it's been an incredible ride. Yeah. Wow. Um, and before we move on to more questions, I have to mention that, uh, we got a couple giveaways tonight. I can't believe I forgot to mention that because people love that. Um, so I've got four three-pack samplers of your cigars. Nice. Um, I've decided we're going to give two of those away live during the show to people who ask questions. So if you're watching, ask a question, um, and you have a pretty good chance of winning some free cigars. Um, well, they're they're free, but you have to pay $0.99 cents, uh, so that we're selling them to you rather than giving them to you. Absolutely. Um, good old government. Yeah, that's just a technicality of the world we live in now with the FDA. It's hard to give away cigars these days. Um, And then I'm going to give away two to podcast listeners. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, I'm going to know because I'm going to be in the Dominican Republic when I get your email. And if I'm still in the U.S. when I get your email, you you cheated. (laughs) Uh, Well, then we also want to offer – we also want to offer up uh, one of our T-shirts – so, Providence T-shirt, and we also have. I don't know if you can see. A Providence there we go. Oh, nice! So, so one yeah. of each. We got four one prizes during the show. Yeah. All right, that gives you guys a good chance. So, uh, get your questions in. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, Ray and Jim pick their favorite questions at the end of the show. So, okay. uh, so get asking, guys. Get on it. So I don't I don't know if you want to. Get into how when Jim met Javier, the grower, and how that whole start, how that how Jim actually got into blending the cigars and learning the industry. Yeah, how how did you go from being a soccer player to 
making stars. <laughs> well, very, very interesting story. Well, you know, while I was there, I wanted to learn everything about the country, the culture, soak everything in. Like I said, I, I only wanted to invest about a year of my life there. And um, while I was there, met uh, met a girl, and and uh, we ended up getting married, and had uh, two children, and uh, we we actually eventually adopted a girl from a trash dump area of Honduras. And um, so, long story short, we you know I was traveling around the, the country, going to different areas of the country, and one of the main areas of the country for cigar production was Dan Lee, Dan Lee Honduras. And I was actually there on a trip through soccer and somebody invited me to go on a cigar factory tour. And I had only smoked some Swisher Sweets in college, you know, just <laughs> screwing around, you know, getting sick and drinking too much. And, uh, you know, I went to this cigar factory tour and I met Javier Mendoza, who at the time was the um, vice president of the cigar, the cigar factory that actually makes and continues to make uh, Alec Bradley cigars. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. And so he showed me around. I absolutely fell in love with the process. Um, smoke, smoked my first really good cigar, almost, you know, almost puked, uh, got sick. And, uh, but that was my introduction into the cigar world. And every time I went back to that city, I would meet with Javier and he would give me a one-on-one in, in cigar rolling, tobacco, growing, aging, you know, from start to finish. And I couldn't get enough of it. I absolutely fell in love with the process. And, um, now I'm about five, six years into living there in the country and Javier says to me one day, why don't you create your own cigar blend? I'll help you. You can do this. You know, maybe someday you, you might move back to the United States and, you know, I can, I can help you and we can, we can have some really, really good cigars in the United States. And I kind of laughed it off and I thought about it for a while and I said, why not? You know, let's give it a shot. Kind of like a hobby. I said, yeah, let me, let, let's do this on the side. Let's see where it goes. And that's when it started. Um, he took me out to the fields. Um, it's, it's, yeah, he owns uh, over 300 acres of land right on the Nicaraguan Honduran border. Um, actually, his land sits up and overlooks Ernesto Placencia's land in Nicaragua. It's absolutely picturesque. And once I was out at the fields and got to see the barns and where they grow it, and where they age it and where they, you know, where they dry it out. I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And I said, let's do this. Let's, let, I'm in, I'm totally in. What do I need to do? And he said, let's go for it. So he said, let's, let's become partners. And he said, you know, you're one of the only North Americans I've ever met that I feel like, you know, you're one of us. Cause I, I live there. I learned the language. I was married to a Honduran. My children were born there. I adopted a Honduran. So I was very, very accepted in that country. Mm -hmm. And um, he just said, look, you, you have access to everything I have access to. And that's, that's, that's when we started. Yeah, it was, it, it was an amazing experience. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to, for one of our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with more questions for the guys from Providencia. 
brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. And we're back uh, with the guys from Providencia Cigars. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, we are giving away some some three packs. You got to pay ninety nine cents to please the FDA. Um, but ask the a ring. question, and we'll <laughs> we'll pick one of you one of you lucky guys or girls. Um, I'm gonna let Jason ask a question next. Well, yeah. So you're talking about um, kind of working on blending cigars with uh, Javier. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what. Um, what series of events for Javier led to blend led to blending the cigars with you? And then being someone who was relatively new to being thrown into that, what, what was that process like for you? Oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. Um, Javier taught me every, I owe everything to him. You know, I, I knew nothing, right? I'm starting out. I'm a gringo, know nothing, never smoked cigars too. Now I'm getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the cigar industry learning more and more every day. And I still am. Um, Javier basically took me from the grow. He started out with the growing process and basically taught me if you want to make a premium cigar, you want to be in this industry. Tobacco is the key. When you, you own your own tobacco and you have access to your own tobacco, you pretty much have the keys to everything. Um, you, can, you can trade that tobacco for tobacco that you want. Um, you're, you're really not, you're not subject to, you know, standing in line, waiting, you know, waiting to get this tobacco, that tobacco. You, uh, we literally own our, we have, we have tobacco in our, in our plant right now. That's five, six years age. That's just sitting there waiting for whatever we want to do, you know, blends, different things that we want to do with it. We want to trade it out for other things. So that's really how he started out in the process with me. He said, you know, look, grow your own tobacco. And then we age that tobacco and we go, and we go from there. And so we would sit in the office in Dan Lee and literally we would go from 8 AM to 5 PM and smoke 20 cigars. And we, he would make me sit there and, and take notes. You know, what do you, what do you sense? He wouldn't tell me anything. He was just testing my, you know, testing my ability to, to sense this and that and the different flavors and little by little, you know, I, I, I began to learn and, and began to, um, you know, sense different notes in the cigars, uh, different tastes in, in the tobacco. And he would test me. Now, where do you think that tobacco came from in the world? He'd, he'd throw different tobacco in there and then quiz me. And, you know, little by little, I just, I just started to, to learn about the different tastes, you know, tobacco from Nicaragua, tobacco from Honduras, um, tobacco from Dominican Republic, all the different areas of the world and the different flavors and, and profiles that you get. And so that's how we started. We just started, you know, having fun. We had fun with it. It really was just absolute fun. It, it you know, I started out as a, as a hobby and said, you know, look, if this turns into anything great, if not, 
you know, I, I have an education in the cigar world that I'll go back to the United States one day with and, and really appreciate it. And, you know, that's how we start. You tell, you, I've heard you tell a story about it's 10 years and 30 blends. Oh my gosh. We, we went through so many different blends, so many recipes. different smokes, so many different recipes. And I was, I was, I was really particular because then I started coming back to the United States. I'd fly back at Christmas time to visit my family holidays, birthday parties, and I would li- I'd buy 50 cigars of the top cigars out there, and I and we'd take them back and smoke them, you know, reverse engineer them, you know, just, just get to know what, what in the market's selling, what's out there, uh, what's hot, what are people, what, what, what people like, and so, you know, just really immersing myself in the cigar world. Yeah. So, so how many years from, you know, seed to cigar you know, totally, totally uh, vertically integrated operation. So he owns his own land. He grows on his own land. He's drying barns on the land. We have a lot of the pictures back here of the process, actually. This is Javier's land and some pictures of Jim and I when we were down there. And then, you know, after the, the, the tobacco was up in the, in the uh, aging barns, and he takes it down and drives it an hour and a half down the mountain to his factory, <laughs> ages it there, flips it, does all the things that you do to get the tobacco right, and then has rollers and rolling stations right there in Dan Lee. So he's totally controls the entire process from growing and bartering from the tobacco to the finished product, which is unique in itself. Yeah, that's um, great. You're not having to go out and source tobacco for your cigars. Yeah, so I was going to say that it, it doesn't get mentioned enough, um, at least I don't think, that if you're a new company and you say, I want to make a cigar and I want um, unless you go to a factory and you're just using whatever tobacco they have, if you try to start a factory and you go to one of the tobacco companies, you are the very last person that gets to pick and tobacco. Just, so yeah, you yeah. come in and, and they go, well, we got a bale of this left, a bale of that, um, and we got we got all this, you know, this bale has holes in it, but, you know. <laughs> if you want that, and, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and you're they're also going to upcharge you because you're the new guy. Um, yeah. And that's just how it is in the tobacco industry. Once you've established relationships, it's a lot easier. Like you can buy whatever you want. Um, but when you don't have those relationships, uh, you're really starting off on the wrong foot. And being able to use your own tobacco that you've grown gives you a lot of power because yeah. then the tobacco from that guy who would barely sell you anything before, you can say, what if I trade you this tobacco? Um, and that incentivizes him a little bit because you've got something he doesn't have. Right. Yeah, we're kind of the opposite in the opposite position that a lot of our, you know, uh, I guess colleagues are where, you know, I hear some of the stories, you know, they they have trouble with everything you just mentioned. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, gosh, man, that's the, the one thing that we don't worry about is exactly what, you know, some others have to deal with. Our biggest issue right now is just awareness and getting our name out there and having people try our cigars. It's, it's sales and distribution on the U.S. side. The Honduran side of thing is like, it's what we work. We sleep well at night. We don't even, that doesn't even pop up on our radar as far as being an issue. Um, and I never really realized what an issue it can be for people that don't have the access like we do. But, you know, on the flip side, you have guys that have trouble, you know, maybe sourcing the tobacco, but they have their sales and marketing and distribution rocking. And we're like, man, we wish we had a piece of that. So it goes both ways, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so before we continue with the story, I'm, I'm dying to ask about like the cigar geeky questions, which 
for the people who aren't familiar with your blend, the El Padre uses a Connecticut shade wrapper grown in Nicaragua, and the El Santo uses a uh, Sumatra wrapper grown in Nicaragua. Correct. Uh, as, as far as I know, there aren't really any other cigars on the market that are using those wrappers yet. How did you guys land on those? Great, great question. Um, Javier, uh, when he was 11 years old, was actually approached by Ernesto Placencia. This was in the early 80s. And he came across the border, introduced himself, and began growing tobacco on Javier's grandparents' land. It was his grandparents' land. And that established the relationship. And Ernesto Placencia kind of took Javier in under his wings. And he worked for him for many years. And um, that relationship, obviously, you, you got, you've been down to Nicaragua, as, you, as you've told us before the show. Um, you know, everything down there works on relationship. If you do not have a relationship, you get nothing accomplished. And so that relationship still is like, it's like this. These guys, they know one another. They know each other's families. They love one another. They support one another. And so that access to tobacco does not come outside of having a relationship. And so really, I, I, I owe it all to Javier. And okay. just his family and the years that they've been there. Um, so we we got access to that tobacco simply through that relationship. That's that's incredible that um, you guys got access to this tobacco that nobody else has yet. Um, and it's just like I've heard people talking about it. I haven't seen other cigars. There there are no other cigars that I can think of off the top of my head that are using either of those wrappers. But I know I've heard people talking about it. So I know it's coming sooner or later. But um, you guys beat everybody. <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 really a testament to, to javier and all the hard work him and his family put in um and and thanks to uh ernesto for uh you know believing in us and believing in javier and and what we're doing you know and then and then we trade tobacco back and forth so he may give us the wrappers but then you know we also trade him you know premium tobacco that we have you know, it might yeah. be Lijero leaves. It might be other leaves that he's looking for because, you know, as you know, at, you know, every region has a different flavor, different taste. And, Absolutely. and that's and that's where you get the uniqueness of, of the cigar. Um, and so we've just been in a great spot, a great position um, to, to, to really have access to tobacco that not a lot of people have access to. Uh, and I have an audience question here that. I think this guy should win something. I'll let you guys make a call on that because um, he is he is a regular viewer, so I don't want to seem biased. But uh, it's your question, brother. It's your brother, right? It's no, brother. no, it's not. Uh, he's seen football and baseball-themed cigars. Do you guys have any thoughts on a soccer-themed cigar? Uh, that's actually not a bad idea. That's pretty cool. That would be close to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're actually playing up um, some of our cigars that are going to be coming out. We'll, um, we'll kind of give a backstory of a lot of things that happened to me while I was in Honduras. Um, you know, I, I, I moved back to the United States in 2011, wasn't planning on it. Um, unfortunately, was kidnapped and escaped a kidnapping and had to move back to the United States, you know, 24 hours later. And um you know, showed up back here, no job, no plan, nothing. And that's that's where Ray and his family really helped me out to, to get my, you know, feet, you know, on the ground here in the United States. But, 
Absolutely. Um, we're, we're actually looking into a lot of the new blends that we come out with uh, tying back into the story of all the years that I was there. So actually the soccer, the soccer yeah. is, a, that's a, that's an awesome idea. Yes, he does win. 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 All right. Win. Jeremy Miller, you got it. He got, he has. Well, one good. of the, one of the stories that would play well to pay homage to the soccer there was that, and Jim should tell it, but I'll just kind of tee it up. He became uh, very friendly with the mayor in Dan Lee and yeah, oh, Komiago, I'm sorry. And, you know, the mayor asked, you know, what can I do to help? And basically Jim said, give me that trash dump over there and let me make it into a soccer field. And that's what he did. The next day, then you said, you just wow. told the story. Next day, they, there was a bulldozer on the land and they cleared the land. And Jim and, and his uh, colleagues down there built a soccer field right on the trash dump. And uh, that would be a great way to pay homage back to that particular incident because that was the start. That was a jump start of the soccer clinic, right? Being able to play on that land. Um, I worked a lot with MS-13 gang members. Um, you know, while I was there, I wanted to give back to the country and um, I wanted to do something nobody else was doing. And um, I, I always like to do unique things that nobody else is doing. You know, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of orphanages feeding centers, you know, but nobody had the guts to, to go and work with the gang members. And so the mayor of the city where I lived said, look, if you want to help us out, try to help us out with this neighborhood. It's a thorn in our side. It's overrun by MS-13 gang members. See what you can do. And I said, as long as I have your backing, if I need your help, um, he said, yeah, you got my help. And so I started working in this neighborhood and um, yeah, we, we turned a trash dump. Actually, they didn't even have trash removal in that neighborhood because they were too scared that they would be robbed. The trash men were, were scared wow. to go to that neighborhood. And so they would take their trash and throw it off the side of a cliff into this huge open lot. And so I went to the mayor and, and asked if I could have that lot. And if we could turn it into a soccer field and the next day the bulldozers were there. And so we bulldozed the whole fields and, and made a soccer field for that community. And it, it, it really helped turn that whole community around. Oh, that's amazing. Um, before we move on, we got to take another break to, for one of our sponsors. So guys, we'll be right back. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about his Jim's experiences as Honduras, uh, because they're really interesting. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today all right and we're back um talking to the guys from providencia cigars um i'm looking through gonna get some more audience questions here um so i have a question from kind of two people i'll give i'll give credit to james appello um all right oh we know james he wants to know when you guys are releasing more vitolas and then peter irizarry am i saying that right yeah peter yeah he's the owner of the the royal leaf hey peter what's happening brother what's up peter yes We've got all the Royal Leaf guys watching. They love. They love. Peter also says Royal Leaf loves Providencia. Uh, you got a couple of big fans over there. Yes. Um, 
so James wants to know when you guys are releasing more Vitolas, and Peter wants to know when you guys are releasing a Lancero, which is, I mean, that question is very close to my heart. I love that. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It comes out, it comes up a lot. It does. It yeah. does. So your, your first question. Yes. We, uh, I went down there. I, I go down to Honduras, uh, at least twice a year to work on uh, new blends with Javier. I was just down there in December. Um, we have, two fan absolutely fantastic blends that are in the hopper we uh we're aging the tobacco we actually have the uh cigars rolled uh, as we speak um they're resting uh, we have plans on coming out with two new blends this year in 2018 and uh i you know your second question we've been working on the lanceros um just have not hit on something i uh, I can put on the market yet that I'm really proud of, but we are working on, on the Lanceros. But uh, yeah, this year expect two new blends from Providencia along with the uh, blend that just came out in January. The um, actually what I'm smoking right now, the Trinitas, the triple Ligero. Um, expect a double Ligero uh, cigar to come out and something that is new to the market Nobody else on. I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you the secret, but nobody else that I know of now has this particular blend and this particular twist on on a cigar. It'll be new. It's fantastic. Everybody's going to be blown away by it. We've had some samples um, created, and a few of our trusted tasters and those that have, have tried it are very excited about both of these blends that Tim brought up. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to those. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jason, do you have a do you have a question teed up? Yeah. So, um, I, I was I was kind of thinking about um, you talked about building this community soccer field, and people in the United States, soccer as a big professional sport is still growing here. Um, but maybe talk a little bit about. I know for countries like Honduras, I mean, having a community soccer field is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when I, when I started in this neighborhood, I was asked by the mayor to go to this neighborhood that, to, to help restore it, to help vitalize this neighborhood. It was overrun by about 40 MS-13 gang members. And quickly I realized, unless you get past the gang members, you're not doing anything in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, a soccer field is pretty much like a church. I mean, it's it's where it's where the whole community hangs out. It's where they go. Every, it's where they go every day after work. It's where they hang out on the weekends. That's where they're there. And um, so once I was able to turn that trash dump into a soccer field, that's when things in that neighborhood started to transform. Gang members started coming out of the gang. Um, I helped all of them get on teams. I, I sponsored uniforms. I bought them soccer shoes. As long as they played soccer and they were on the team, I provided everything for them. And that's really when we started seeing a lot of transformation in, in that city. Yeah, that's awesome. but you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, soccer's worship there. Um, it's probably it's probably soccer family God or <laughs> soccer God family, kind of in that order. <laughs> With a cigar thrown in. Exactly. Um, I've got another audience question here from Stephen Walters, who's also at Royal Leaf. Um, he picked up a box of Trinitas, and he would like you to explain how that cigar was developed with the specific wrapper 
uh, to tone down the strength of the triple Ahero. Go ahead, Raymond. Well, you blend, you, that's really more of your blend. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'll take a little bit of, of credit for the, the shape. I really wanted to do uh, a figurato and wanted to just be a little bit longer than what we had. It's a half inch longer. Um, we had come in contact with the San Andreas wrapper and really fell in love with it. There's a little bit of toothiness to it, you know, it's just a little rough. Yeah. And um, and we tapered both ends, so it's a you know kind of a box. It's the box press. We, we like box press too. So it was the box press. It was Figurato. It was you know tapered on both ends. So I was kind of behind the direction in the shape of the Vitola, and then Jim and Javier worked on the blend. You know the the, the binder and the and the Triple Hero. And what's interesting about the Triple Hero, I don't know how much you want to share, but I know and this I wasn't aware of because I'm still learning. But as you guys know, and the audience probably knows, that in order to be a true triple lejero, the lejero, the three lejero leaps need to come from three different regions, which I wasn't aware of that. I, um, I didn't know that thing either. Yes. And th- that particular cigar actually has four lejero leaves in it, a half leaf from two different regions. So two full leaves from two separate regions. And the third leaf is a half leaf from two different regions. Region, so it actually has four Lahara leaves, which is pretty unique in itself. Yeah, yeah. as far as we know. Yeah, and uh, you know, also to be able to come out with a Lahara, obviously every everybody expects a Lahara to blow you away, right? You, you know, you want to smoke Lahara, you want your head to spin. My take on it was I wanted to try something different. I wanted to come out with a Lahara that was was bold, but also fit the kind of medium profile as well. Something yeah. that everybody could grab a hold of, smoke, and enjoy. And that was the experience I was after. And um, so the the San Andres wrapper, I feel like, mellowed out some of the Lijero leaves and gave it a little bit of sweetness, gave, it mellowed it out a little bit. And when, I, when we smoked it, Javier and I smoked it in the office, I said, this is it. We, this, is, this is what we're going with. And I was really, really excited about it. We brought about 100 cigars yeah. here to the United States. We had them taste tested with uh, some friends that we really trust their opinion on. They loved it. They said, look, this is a huge hit. Go with this. So that's, you know, we went to market with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm smoking it right now, too. And it, it is really surprising because uh, I wouldn't guess that there were three Lajero leaves. Right. Uh, it's bold, but it doesn't really have the amount of strength that you expect from a triple A. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is kind of a solid medium body, which I'm surprised yeah. by. Agree. Yeah. We, actually, the uh, the the next blend that we're coming out with is going to be a double Lihero, but is actually way, way more bold than, than this cigar. So it just depends on what tobaccos you mix with it, the wrapper you mix with it. Um, the combination of tobaccos that you mix from different regions really, really either, you know, make it sp- that spicy, bold flavor to the medium, you know, smooth to bold flavor as well. Yeah. Anyone who's never blended a cigar, uh, you, you can't just toss, toss a bunch of Lajero in there and it turns into like this strong, ultra powerful Lajero bomb. Um, there's definitely a, uh, I don't know, there's an art to it. For sure. Being able to balance it, but also have that amount of flavor, because um, I've I've blended a couple of cigars like at the uh, Cigar Safari, and 
some of them have turned out not so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've, I've done a lot of those. <laughs> I'm sure. You've blended a lot more cigars than I have, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? So, so we're going to name the, this new cigar that we're talking about, this new tro- uh, Double Lajero, The Hostage. And that's going to be pay. That's going to pay homage to Jim's hostage or you know uh, kidnapping attempt at kidnapping experience. The first the first three blends are more of a homage to uh, our faith and Jim's uh, the providence that God had over Jim while he was in Honduras for 15 years. So the saint is uh, the, the, I'm sorry the El Santo is the saint, the El Padre is the father, and the Trinitas is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So that's our that's our homage to uh, our faith and and protection for Jim while he was down there. Now we're going to move towards naming the cigars um, towards Jim's experiences in Honduras and be able to tell a little bit about his story with each release. So ideally, that's, that's the a really interesting yeah. method of uh, of naming cigars. I think. Yeah, because it's quite a story to tell, and if we can if we can find the more interesting parts of the story, which there are many of. Um, to, co- to coincide with the release of the cigar and have the inlay of the cigar box open and to tell a little bit of the story and then direct people possibly to our website to get more of the story if they're interested yeah. in the few sentences they read, that type of thing. Um, we think that we think it'll be an interesting experience for everyone. Unique. Well, yeah. All right. Before we go to our last commercial break, which isn't really a break, I, t- I say that every week, um, I have one more audience question from Steve Christopher. He wants to know where you guys see yourself and the company in five years. He wants to know, shout out to uh, Shad Bates. He's probably not watching right now, but he'll probably catch the replay. Uh, he was all, he always asked about the five-year plan. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, if I'm going to be totally transparent, which we always want to be, I don't know if we've thought out five years, to be honest with you. Um, to, just to be totally honest, you know, we're at the FDA. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with the FDA. Um, the we're just, we're, yeah, so we're, our, our goal is to do a pretty much what we've already outlined. We're going to, we'd like to come out with two cigars a year, at, at least two blends a year. And, um, uh, you know, make sure that we have the right tobacco and the right recipes and, and have, have them, you know, taste it. And, you know, we want to grow. I mean, obviously, it, we can't survive in being in 20 locations. I mean, yeah. you know, and we could, but that's, you know, really not the plan. We'd like to be in more brick and mortar. Um, we'd like everyone to be able to have access to the cigar and experience um, the cigar. So the, the five-year plan would probably be coming up with methods and partnerships that allow us to get our Providencia brand into the hands um, of cigar smokers across the country, however that ends up being. I mean, well, one thing is, if you're watching or listening to this, um, go to your local B&M, ask for Providencia Cigars, help these guys out. Yeah, yeah, we've had, you know, if I can just do a couple of shout-outs, the Underground here in Fort Worth, one of our first supporters, 3R Cigars, um, the Pop Safari Lounge, um, you know, we've got the Millville guys, the Royal Leaf, and soon Goodfellas, we have a couple of locations in, if you go to our website and go to the Dior tab, you'll see where we're listed. Um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's about 18 to 20 locations. We've seen that we, we, I don't know, we get half a dozen a year or so, it seems like. But it's really like a marathon for us. It's not a sprint. 
that's, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're just reaching out to people as we can via Facebook. We don't have a lot of time to go out and visit shops and make appointments. And so we're kind of, we don't have a sales force per se. Uh, we have friends and family, you know, that are helping us and in introducing the brands to, uh, you know, to, to shops. Um, the Royal Leaf and the Goodfellows guys in New Jersey, that was both through Facebook. That was both, that was just me reaching wow. out via Facebook and, you know, telling them a little bit about our story and would they, you know, would they be interested in some samples and trying us out? And in, in both occasions that turned, they turned in to be partners for us, which we're very appreciative of. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a full-time uh, school teacher and um, Hey, all, all the prayers uh, we, we've shed a lot of tears over the last few days. I'm a school teacher, you know, oh, uh, all, all prayers go out to uh, all the people in uh, Florida Horrible. I shed a lot of tears today in front of my children, um, just reading some of the accounts of what happened there. But um, yeah, don't have a lot of time uh, to dedicate. Not, you know, we'd love to make this full time, right? Yeah. But uh, I got to pay the bills. I have three children. They're all in high school or college, and um, you know, we're we're just plugging along, trying to not to not to get into debt. Um, and 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 just allow God to to lead us and and. And we, we just love what we're doing. I, I love that people are smoking our cigars, enjoying our cigars. Um, that, that brings a smile to my face every day. And uh, uh, we're, we're both just enjoying the process and, and enjoying the ride. So however long it, it, it lasts, it's great. We've made great relationships and great friendships in the year and a half that we've been doing this. Everyone's been very receptive to us. You know, sometimes it's just a cold call to walk in and, We've been well received and, you know, some of the appointments have been more formal, but uh, we've met great people, um, you know, in different parts of the country and the, the local base here in the Dallas Fort Worth area has been just just been super to us as well. All right. And uh, this segment is brought to you by Jason. Who's this brought to you by? Brought to us by Drew State. You got it. All right. That was one of the first cigars I ever smoked. <laughs> Man, I mean, so the Java. <laughs> All they ask of us as advertisers is that we say this is brought to you by Drew Estate. They good. Um, but I feel the need every week to say that if you haven't smoked a Drew Estate cigar lately, go smoke them. Uh, they yeah. make some really good cigars. They have a ton of blends. They have something that's going to hit every kind of style. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if, they, if you smoked one and you didn't like it, they've got something that you're going to like for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, they're – they just they make great cigars. They're now the biggest cigar manufacturer in Nicaragua, which is insane. Oh wow, I didn't know that. But at yeah. least the largest factory. They may not be the largest exporter, but they're the they're the factory with the most employees, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, from, they, from they employ they, yeah they employ a lot of people, and and that's something uh, uh, true and dear to to Ray and Ice Heart is uh, you know all the people that we that we're able to employ, right? Yeah. So oh, just by and, and we're we're tiny we're just a tiny blip you know on the, <laughs> on the scale of all these manufacturers that are out there but you know just to be able to employ you know just our little operation over 100 100 employees you know we we put food on the table of Hondurans yeah. and and the ladies that pick the the tobacco to you know the ones that are climbing up you know in, into the rafters yeah. and drying out the tobacco to the guys that roll it um I'm I'm very very close friends with a lot of these people. You know, I, I lived there for 15 years, so I know them. I know their families. I know their children, and it's uh, it, it's great just to be able to know that 
you know, we're playing a small role in, in helping provide food, you know, on the plates for those families. It's, it's, it's a great thing. It's a great feeling. Absolutely. Let me see if we have another audience question here. Um, here's one from Bob Dog. What would you say is the biggest challenge or hurdle you've had to overcome in bringing these cigars to the market? I would say retail, just getting into, just getting in on, on the shelf and, and, and having the time to do it. Like we said earlier in the program, the whole, the production side of things, we don't even think about that. That's the, like the least of our concerns is actually producing a cigar, yeah. a good cigar. It's the biggest challenge is, um, you know, uh, you go into a shop and, you know, the owner being very um, frank with, come on, look at my humidor, it's full. You know, uh, I like your cigar, but no one knows you. No one's going to be come, coming in asking for it. Um, you know, how am I going to get your cigar to stand out over everything that I have in my humidor that, you know, people come in for? That's probably our, our biggest challenge is getting um, having retailers take a chance on us. Um, we think we have a fairly low um, a reasonably priced, I should say, entry point for our cigar. I mean, we've been told unsolicited yeah. that, you know, people think our cigars smoke $10, that the $10 cigar or higher. And again, they retail mostly for $8. So, you know, we purposely, we tried to keep the cigar costs low to the consumer. So it would be an, an, an easy entry point for the retailer. Uh, but that would be, I think, the biggest struggle is, is, is being able to secure space on the shelf. And then once you're in, then you have to have a shop that's willing to promote you because their yeah. retailer is right in that regard, that if we do get on shelf, then we probably will just sit there. Because if the shop isn't recommending us or saying, hey, you really want a good $10 cigar, under $10 cigar, try this Providencia. Do you want a mild, you know, something mild to medium or medium to bold? When that's happening and it does happen, we get plenty of repeat business and we're replenishing, you know, regularly in a handful of shops. But some of the shops that um, are not taking the time to recommend us, it's, it's a slow, we're a slow, will be a slow turn for that reason. And it's just like any other product, right? Whether it's a bottle of wine or a beer, it's kind of the same thing. You're one of many, many lookalikes. So what is it that's going to help you stand out? So the word of mouth from the shop owner is a big is a big um, um, part of that. But we've also gone out of our way. And I don't see this a lot either. We've actually created in-store promotional materials for our cigars, which I think you guys, or at least you have, Trip have seen. Um, we have flyers, uh, five and a half, yeah, five and a half flyers. Yeah. So we have one for each blend that we give to the retailer with their orders and encourage them to place them out on the tables to introduce them, the cigars to their customers in hopes that they come in and they pick something else out of the humidor, but they sit down, they pick up that flyer, they start reading about it and they ask a question of the retailer, what's up with this, you know, this flyer, the cigar. And you know, that helps bring awareness to the cigar. And we also have created shelf talkers for the two, two out of the three blends. So we feel like we've given the retailer some tools to help them if they'll use them. And again, I'm not sure how, I don't see a tremendous a lot, a, amount of that in the marketplace. So I think that's yeah. another thing that we provide that's unique to help our brand, uh, to introduce our brand uh, to the stores, to the consumers. And then, and then just the story, you know, um, knowing that, you know, it's, it's just not another couple of gringos trying to, trying to sling a couple uh, cigars out there. It's like I, I sacrificed almost my life, um, you know, 15 years in the country, building relationship, you know, working day in and day out on, you know, the growing side, the blending side, learning, um, meeting people, 
immersing myself in the culture. And so, you know, that speaks volumes. There, 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 there aren't a lot of manufacturers out there that can say that. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's just getting, getting the word out to people. Um, you know, this show hopefully will, will produce some awareness and the more we do, the more we we're able to tell our story and, and get our story out there. I think, you know, once, once people try our cigars, I, I think uh, it's a slam dunk from there, but it's just basically getting the word out. Jason, you got another question? I've been hogging all the, all the questions tonight. Yeah. So maybe um, for people that are interested in um, trying your cigars, what, uh, what, what, what do you recommend as, as sort of an entry point for them? Well, what should they go out and try? Well, it really depends on their, you know, what they like, right? Their, their palate. So the, the El Padre is probably a very good introductory cigar for a novice, but also for somebody with a sophisticated palate. That cigar is going to have a very, very easy draw. Um, and not a, lot, not a lot of Connecticut's out there that people enjoy. Right. Um, I was, I, I didn't even want to come out with a Connecticut wrapper, to tell you the truth. Uh, Ray was the one that said, no, no, we got to come out with a Connecticut wrapper. I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's do it. Um, there aren't a lot of Connecticut wrappers out there, so yeah, that 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 cigar is 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 fantastic. If you like a Connecticut wrapper, it's interesting that a lot of beginners will consider that to be a, a mild cigar, but a more sophisticated palate right away will come to us in events and say, this is a for a Connecticut. This is a, more of a medium. So it's it's interesting, yeah, which. I, I, to me, it's, it's more on the mild side, but, um, but we get both mild and medium. So, so I would recommend that as an, as an entry point, but if they like them, uh, and that one's going to have, um, some nut, a little bit of kind of cedar kind of flavors. I've even heard, um, a, a little bit of, um, a citrus to it. And it's, and it's, it produces a lot of smoke. The El Santo with that Sumatra wrapper, you're going to get some spice and some pepper, more chocolate. And cocoa in that one, and that's gonna uh, that's gonna be you know a bolder a smoke. Lot of that's a, a medium. That's a medium plus. Yeah, but that's gonna have more of a traditional draw. So that's the more you know you gotta pop on a little bit. The the other one, the El Padre, is gonna be more of a real easy draw, which I think for a, a novice or a beginner is a, is a good way to start. Nice. Yeah, yeah I've I've been smoking the um. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask what you the, thought. The El Santo, and it's great. Like you said, tons of really great coffee flavors. Mm-hmm. I want to smoke another one of these with a cup of just some nice bold coffee. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing right good. now. That's, we have a little, little <laughs> we have coffee, our Eagles glasses, our Eagles mugs, and uh, a little bit of Bailey's in there with it. It's really nice. There you go. <laughs> sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So, well, yeah. The only other thing I was going to say, and, and you know, you may not have time for it, and we can save it for another time, but Jim's escape from Honduras with the recipes. It kind of reminds me of the scene in uh, um, Pulp Fiction when Christopher Walken's talking about, you know, how his grandfather had this, had to get that watch out of the foxhole, right? It's kind of like the way, Jim, the way Jim had to leave Honduras with those recipes. I mean, he was held at gunpoint, forced into a car, and they tried to drive away with him before it was thwarted. And, you know, the gun went off, and one of the, one of the dads that helped thwart the Kanambiga tent lost the tip of his finger, and you know, they finally yeah. subdued, they finally subdued wow. the guy, and um, the police came. The dads wanted to actually kill the assailant. They hawk-tied him, and the dads wanted to kill him on the spot and dump him in the river because that's what you do in Honduras. And wow. you know, Jim was like, "We can't, we can't kill this guy. We need to call the cops." But the dads were afraid that the cops might could actually be in on it because it's so corrupt there. 
but they took their chances and the cops were legit. And the cops basically said, you have, you know, two options and they, and they're both bad. You know, you either, you either don't testify against the guy and he'll be out in 24 hours and you'll be dead. Or you testify against the guy and he'll be in jail for at least a year, but you'll still, these guys will still be looking for you. So either way, you pretty much have to flee the country. So he decided to, to testify and that bought him some time to be able to get um, his affairs in order and, and to flee. And he left with his two biological kids, but had to leave his wife and the daughter that they were in the middle of adopting behind because their paperwork, their paperwork wasn't in order. He had to hire um, security service for them and put them in a safe house until he could get them out. It took almost a year, right? Yeah, a year and a half. Wow, wow that's insane. Yeah, I moved, I moved to the United States in 2011 with my two younger children. And uh, I was mom and dad for almost a year and a half by myself. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, uh, needless to say, Providencia Cigars got put on the shelf for, for a couple of years until I could figure life out, you know. Um, I was just happy to be alive. Um, had some great friends along the way that helped me with job and, and you know, a uh, place to stay. And um, yeah, and that's when I decided I wanted to get back into teaching. I love children. Um, I'm a soccer coach and a school teacher now and um, absolutely love working with kids. And um, yeah, so once I was established, got my, my wife and adopted daughter here in the country that's when Ray and I kind of took off with, with uh, Providencia and said, all right, let's, let's get this rocking. Let's, uh, let's, you know, they stole a lot from me. I lost everything, but I'm not giving up the cigars. So that's when we, uh, that's when we started going full board on um, let's, let's produce a great cigar and bring it to market and see what happens. Well, we didn't even know at that point. So this is 2011. So in 2000, so he's telling me this and he, and you know, we, I said, well, I'd like to get involved. You know, what, what do you, how do you see me getting involved? And he's like, well, we have to grow tobacco. We got to have tobacco back to, you know, what Jim was saying about how, you know, that's the key to the kingdom is having tobacco. He, goes, he said, regardless of whether or not we ever get the Providencia line off the ground, go ahead and grow the tobacco with Javier and then we will buy it. The company will buy it from you if we decide to move forward, but at least get the tobacco grown in 2012 is when we plan it. And, and we'll have the tobacco if you if we don't if we decide not to launch Providencia in the states, then at least you'll have the tobacco grown, and Javier will be able to sell it on the open market for you, and you'll and you'll just make money that way, just being a grower, you know. But we were fortunate enough to where um, we went ahead a couple. We we decided that once that once the tobacco was grown that in age, that we were going to go ahead and give it a shot and come out with our own because he already had the recipes for the two original blends that he felt good about coming to market with. Wow, that's it's an incredible story. Like, uh, it's, it's a story you don't typically hear in the cigar industry. Um, but I mean, in any industry, it's a, it's a fantastic story. Any other closing questions for you, Jason? Um, I don't think so. Let, let people know where they can find you on, um, like the internet and social media. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for that. So, uh, our website is fully functional. A lot of information there about where, how you can purchase our cigars, where you can buy them, are the retailers that carry them, and other ways to, to come in contact with the cigars. That's ProvidenciaCigars.com. We're also, uh, Jim and I both have Facebook pages. I'm Raymond Providencia. Jim is uh, Jim, Jim Providencia Cigars. And then we also have a corporate Facebook page, um, Providencia Cigars, and Instagram for Providencia Cigars. So that's our social media, no Twitter, 
Um, but again, we both have our own. We do most of the communication through our personal uh, Providencia accounts. I'm slowly trying to have the, the company web or the company Facebook page, Providencia Cigars, be the main communication method. Um, so we're trying to merge our personal followers into our, our corporate Facebook followers. So we're kind of working on that now. But any of you that are out there listening, if uh, you if you would like Providencia Cigars on Facebook and like, you know, if you're not uh, familiar with us, Raymond Providencia and Jim Providencia Cigars, um, you know, I post a couple times a week and, you know, I, I, I try not to push sales. It's more just about being involved in the community because I'm still learning. I'm on Facebook a couple hours a day. I'm in a bunch of groups and I'm just learning. I'm, I just want to know more about the industry and how we can be a bigger part of it. And um you know, find out what people are like and come to market with unique product that um, everyone will enjoy. But thanks for asking, uh, Jason. Yeah, I if I didn't have you, Jason, I'd always forget that part. <laughs> uh, and the the last question that I have for you is who's the other who are the other uh, three winners that you pick? I guess we we didn't have that many questions. Uh, so our possible winners are James. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, James from the Royal Leaf. He's got a T-shirt coming. Right. I know how to get. I can. I know how to get in touch with him. So I'll reach out to him. Who else? All right. Uh, Stephen Walters and Bob Dog. Okay, we can give if Stephen Walters would like uh, a Providencia lighter. We can send him one of those. All right. So and then you Bob, if you you give me that information and I'll get it out to him. All right. So you guys can send me an email. Trip T R I P P at cigarfederation.com um bob dog and jeremy miller email me about your 99 cent three cigar samplers um and i'll get those invoiced and sent out to you um and then of course if you're listening to the podcast we're picking two winners for cigars from there um, so if you're listening to the podcast send me an email trip at cigarfederation.com um i will get back to the first two people that email me awesome. and with that we'll close up uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate all of the comments, questions, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, <laughs> you know, Doesn't matter. matter. We're glad you watched. <laughs> yeah, we're glad you watched. We appreciate your time. Um, and we're glad you had, we hope you had fun hanging out with us. Um, yes. We will not be back next week. Dennis and I are both going to be on assignment in uh, the Dominican Republic. But we'll be back the following week we'll have uh we'll kind of have a i think what we're going to do is an episode of sharing our pairings um that is mostly focused on recapping our experiences in the dr um so we may just have one pairing or something like that but we'll figure that out while we're uh while we're on assignment so thanks again for watching and of course we appreciate everybody listening on the armed forces radio network uh you guys are built to do things we're not built to do and we appreciate you out there protecting our freedoms. Everybody have Absolutely. a great weekend and have a great evening. All right. God bless everyone. Thank you. Thanks, folks, you guys.